0: <laughs> just... Let me try again. Sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, just got something in my throat.
0: Stop it! I can see. <sighs> yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Silent. <laughs> Silence. Silence.
2: Oppenheimer, I myself am strange and unusual. This is a Nerf radio. Nerd alert.
0: See, this is the stuff that brings nerds together.
2: So it's sort of social. Demented and sad, but social,
0: right? If I'm interested in it, then by definition, it is nerdy.
2: Are
0: you in loser denial or
2: something? My dad's
0: a nerd. Welcome to episode 311 of Nerd Pride Radio. 311, I, alright, I tried Googling a nerd fact for uh, 311 and I could not sort out the results at all. It got me all mixed up. Um, so I thought, uh, I've really just got to trust my instinct, um, let go of regret. I mean, I got to bet on myself now, star. Uh, that's my best bet. So ask me how I'm doing today. Is, is there more? No, no, that's that's all I got for that. <laughs> but you do. Yeah, ask me. Ask me how I'm doing today. Go on. Ask me. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought you were gonna keep going with it. No, I just, I just thought uh, I didn't expect you to give me such a good reaction out of that joke. Um, so thank you. Um, I, I was just hoping that, like, if you I could do this it, whole bit,
1: okay, go go on, ask me how you doing. How you
0: doing? <laughs> and then it just keeps going. That would have been even better. No, no, no. Um, What I was going to say is that uh, you are awesome. Aw. That's Aiden Jones, and uh, I'm his dad, Mike. And uh, I am a nerd. I am a. I'm a. What? Oh, there it is. I can't read now because I. Sorry. Did, did you change you should, up the intro? No, I just. I'm skipping lines. When there's no reason to be skipping lines. So I'm dumb. You know what? Tell you what. We're going to erase this entire bit, and I'm just going to start over. I am awesome! Remind me to take that last bit out, by the way.
1: I won't, but...
0: No, remind me, because otherwise it's going to sound stupid. It's going to make me look like a fool.
1: Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, what makes... Yeah. Okay, yeah. I
0: get it. All right. My name is Mike Jones. I am a D&D slash Pathfinder nerd, a history nerd, a sci-fi nerd, a comic book nerd, computer nerd, movie nerd, comedy nerd, science nerd, gaming nerd, plus... There's like seven other kinds of nerd. I only wish I was nerdy enough to be. You are listening to Nerd Pride Radio, the place I go every week with my son Aiden... Hi, it's me! ...to haver on about all the nerd stuff that just won't fit in my skull anymore. As always, we are recording live from our Nerd Pride studios in the demi-plane inside of a bag of holding.
1: Uh... I got some issues
0: with that. What, that it's not really a demiplane?
1: Well, it is a demiplane, but n- the the, the rulebook specifically states that nothing can survive within a bag of holding.
0: Well, yeah, well, if you look up, you can see that's why I, uh, I, I didn't pull the string tight.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so. Still
1: not how that works, but okay. Shut up.
0: Unless Noah walks by and grabs the rope and then we're screwed.
1: Right, right, because cause it, as, as, as long as you leave the string not tight in space, you won't suffocate, right?
0: Yes. Oh. Well, because, because while the bag is open, air can still get in. Carbon dioxide can get out. That's the whole point of having the bag open is that you can put things in and take things out. I would assume there would be free, a free flow of air if there's a breeze up there. That, what? So in, in your world as a game master. Yeah. You rule that the minute you get inside of a bag of holding, there is no longer any airflow, yes. and there's no chance of survival. You're just yes. instantly de- putting someone inside of a bag of holding kills them instantly.
1: Not instantly. I mean, you'll suffocate, but you won't die
0: instantaneously. No... Okay, then where does the air go? What air? The air that is in the bag of holding. There it's is not, no air
1: in the bag of holding. It's not
0: true. It's not vacuum sealed to the people who are inside of it or things that are inside it's of not, it. It's
1: not a vacuum. It's just empty. There's nothing there.
0: It's a void. So you're saying that that solid objects can pass in and out of a bag of holding? Yes. Okay. Good. 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 If I wanted to pour water into a bag of holding, that is fine. I could do that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. But if I if I had I don't know. A let's say I had a blow gun yeah. and I used it like a giant straw to blow air into the Yeah. yes, air, yes. The air would Hold go it. in.
1: Because someone is actively putting air in.
0: Wow. You are needlessly cruel to your players. I am so glad I am not them. Garrett It's a Garrett, magic item. It's okay. It's not your fault, man. He's just mean.
1: He's the one who's a stickler about this stuff.
0: Garrett. I don't believe anything. Hey, I'm he the says. one who
1: invented a bag of holding
0: rats. Okay. <laughs> well, because in that one, how do they, how do the rats breathe? Oh, because it it's a bag that can only sustain rats, and nothing else can go into it. No, just rats just, and the air to sustain rats.
1: Well, the, the 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 bag magically sustains the rats through its own means.
0: That's so sad um
1: so so if, if you ever need you can just
0: dump out the bag and have you know about 100 rats okay we've now just hit our allotted five minutes for bag of holding talk so um, wow you know that was in my contract i didn't think we were going to use it okay. okay um now it's time for a little meta talk
1: were we just doing that
0: meta talk is where we pull back the curtain a little bit uh talk about the podcast the website other stuff like that and in this particular case uh, we've received a criticism about our sound levels. Did I mention this to you already? Yeah,
1: I've I've been actually working on it.
0: Okay, as as we've been recording. well, it doesn't show it here. That's what I'm saying. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, apparently, uh, ever since I we switched the mic to interview mode instead of side by side mode, right? And so, uh, so now we are facing each other across the table, and Aiden has. Uh, uh, has direct access to the mic instead of right. trying to lean in with me. I'm used and, to having to be louder to be heard. Right, And plus he's a naturally loud person. If you, need, if you need someone whose voice can project across a crowd, you get Garrett. Oh, I didn't know that about Garrett. Oh, he's,
1: he is very, very loud. It's worse when he drinks. I
0: love the way your voice went down like that, like you're whispering. So he doesn't hear you. It's a podcast. <laughs> so, uh, in any case, uh, we are we apologize for the uneven levels the last couple episodes. Apparently, it was particularly bad last episode. Mm. So we are going to try right to keep it down. If if we don't quite get a grip on it, um, blame Aiden. Yeah. All right.
1: Now it's time for all my th- ex girlfriends.
0: Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, can you blame them? But apparently, no, because they're already blaming you. Yeah. All right the meticulously plotted portion of this podcast. This is the time for me and Aiden where we talk about all of the interesting things that we've stumbled across during the last couple of weeks. Something tickles our nerd fancies during the course of these busy, busy weeks. We will add it to our master lists. The very best off of those two lists will get spewed out all over you guys every week when we record. You lucky dogs. All right, straight into it. And now for something completely different. Although technically, can I say now for something completely different if we haven't done anything yet? I mean, I guess we did the intro and the... It's
1: completely different from our meta-talk. usual s-
0: segments. There you go. This is the stuff that we just don't have a category for yet. And uh, uh, in this particular one, um, my brother Kyle runs a uh, a movie challenge every month. And and he winds up uh, picking a theme and then he picks movies. and uh, And then we're all required to watch them. So, you know... At one point, it was all of the, the Tremors movies. Um, a different time, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. The most recent one was Adam Sandler movies, which was not as bad as you might think, surprisingly. Um, I mean, there's still still some bad stuff, but not as bad as you might think. Um, and so my wife said, hey, how come there are never any female-led challenges? How come? How come we get Arnold Schwarzenegger and... And we get Adam Sandler, and we get we get dudes, but but how come there's no women? And my brother Kyle says, "Well, hey, that's a great idea. You come up with a theme, and get me some movies picked out, and we will make it happen." Uh, turns out, oh, I see I see why. I, Lisa tore her hair out with this, uh, trying to figure out an appropriate theme. It is way harder than you think because women just don't get a fair shake to find. To find a a an actress who has um, a enough movies under their belt in which they are the primary star, not the not just the romantic interest, the the um, you know not just the lead female, but like the star of the movie, uh, and and they have enough of those movies free on streaming services. Well, not free, but like on the streaming services that we use for these challenges um, is really tough because you need to have like seven or eight available films and, and like Charlize Theron, God, she would have been great for this. She's got like mighty Joe Young. She's got Fury road. She's got a ton of great movies where she's, um, where she's the primary star. And yet almost none of them are available for, for streaming anywhere. Like you have to get, you have to get the premium channels to get those. Um, same thing with Angelina Jolie. Same thing with... I mean, it was just just really, really rough that the, the people you would think that would be there just weren't. So uh, my hat is off to my brother because these challenges are not easy to put together. He puts them together Nicholas every single Cage sem- was
1: pretty easy to put together.
0: Okay, Nicolas Cage, yes. In fact, um, after after doing a Nicolas Cage-a-thon, um, you could easily find 15 more. Um, I mean, they're not great. None of them are. But... But you can find them; they're all there.
1: Uh, so, I mean, speaking of Nicholas Cage, we uh over this over this uh, last weekend. a Few of my buddies went out to a campsite, and we uh, we just burned some stuff because you know we can. It's all junk mail and that kind of stuff. I burned a copy of Taken, starring Nicolas Cage.
0: Uh huh. That yeah. was one. That was one of the movies we got to see.
1: How, what'd you think of it?
0: Wait, wait, wait no, hold on. No, no, not Taken.
1: Not Taken.
0: What's the What's the movie? Because Taken is Liam Neeson.
1: No, no, sorry, Left Left Behind.
0: Left Behind. I've, sorry, I have also seen Left Behind, but not the Nicolas Cage version.
1: It's so bad.
0: Oh, yes, of course it was.
1: Like, like even for a Nicolas Cage performance.
0: Oh. Okay. Sorry.
1: Um, we were talking about Taken earlier today when John was cleaning his apartment and uh, wait. We'll, we'll call him John.
0: Okay. I I didn't know if this was like a real person named John or if this is just the guy we always call John.
1: This is the guy we always call John.
0: Okay, got it. Uh, John won. John right.
1: Uh, yeah, he says he hates Taken, so... Liam Neeson is, movie, Taken, yeah.
0: Is, is he aware that in the movie Liam Neeson has a particular set of skills? Right? Like he knows this and he still hates the movie? Yep. Uh, I guess I mean look I I enjoyed that movie the first time I saw it um, because I like uh, I like a good revenge flick like that uh-huh. so um, but although speak well it's not really a revenge flick but have you seen Becky 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 now <laughs> look look at her butt Becky um, <laughs> Becky horror movie uh, if you get a chance to watch it absolutely watch watch this movie it is fan freaking fantastic. Kyle recommended it. Uh, Lisa and I both enjoyed the crap. I, I call her Lisa to the audience, but I, I meant to say your mom. Um, your mom! So, anyway, uh, Becky is a 13-year-old girl. Her dad is played by Joel McHale, which is weird because Joel McHale, he's, a, oh, he's the snarky guy that um, was the lead snarky guy on Community. Ew. Yeah, the lawyer. Yeah. Ew. He plays the dad. There's a reason for it, but all right, but the bad guy, the evil white supremacist who it's a home invasion movie and the evil white supremacist who breaks in and terrorizes the family. Yep. Kevin James. Paul Blart Mall Cop is the bad guy and he's terrifying. Till
1: death do we blart, Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh Kevin my god. James.
0: Yes, Kevin James is the bad guy and he is
1: incredible He just seven flavors
0: of fun oh my god he is so no he's just scary just straight up scary oh scary kevin james kevin james yeah and he i mean he pulls it off i mean he really pulls it off the big old huggable teddy bear of a
1: man kevin james
0: right right um and and in this movie um becky is 13 her mom died a year ago her dad is ready to move on because he wants to marry someone new. And so they're going out to their vacation uh, house where they're going to talk all this out and everyone's going to be friendly. And Becky's having none of it because she's she's a teenager. She's full of angst and rage and grief. And she doesn't know what to do with it until neo-Nazis invade the house. And
1: and then she uses it to kill neo-Nazis. And,
0: well, you'll have to watch the movie, but it's fantastic. I love this film. So... uh High recommend. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, what we are here to talk about is. Oh wait, wait, wait. We just finished up with with uh, talking about the movie challenge, and oh yeah, yeah. Ultimately, uh, ultimately, the one that we found was Nicole Kidman, who um, a lot of people say that they're Nicole Kidman fans, which I think is true. I don't think there's any real Nicole Kidman fans out there, but there's a lot of movies of hers that I like, and so we're gonna watch. Uh, oh, I can't tell you. Shoot. I got the sneak peek of the riff, but I can't say it out loud. I don't want to give it away because we can't reveal it until later. Right. Anyway, it's going to be good. Uh, uh, so anyway, next segment. Do we have music that goes with this?
1: It'll probably just be some sick ass guitar riff. Okay well, okay. well, you just want to fake it.
2: <coughs>
1: Chew the dew. So, by some <laughs> cruel, twisted act of God, this cookbook
0: exists.
1: And uh, we've made a promise to try every recipe in it. Not every recipe. Every recipe. Don't commit me to that. Every recipe.
0: We're cooking with Mountain Dew. We're cooking with
1: Mountain Dew.
0: You guys got to prepare yourself for this. Um, Aiden said this time he wanted to try pork chops with Code Red Red Salsa. Salsa. All right. And first up. This isn't even a salsa, okay? I know no, there is a. It is it is a code red reduction and nothing more. Right? There is there is a code red salsa in the book, but that's not what we made. We made I like like when we say code red reduction, we took two bottles of code red because we were we were really expanding this recipe. It's only for two pork chops, and we're trying to feed five people, so. Um so we had a lot of code red. So we take two whole bottles of code red and dump them into the pan with the there where we had fried the pork chops. All right? And then we add just a little bit of stuff and uh but it's mostly just code red. It's code red and then you and boil it fr-
1: and freaking cornstarch and water and that's right. it. You
0: boil your code red until it's reduced by half and then you add a little cornstarch and water to thicken it and that's it. That's the whole thing. All right. Over and these- it's really Really good! Oh my god, it was amazing. Holy cow. This is... My hat's off to to the uh, the Code Red sauce. The Mountain Dew cookbook did me right on this one. Uh-huh. Which, which makes us wonder, should we go back to chicken? We, we, you know what? Do the chicken right? Yeah, we probably should. But we have so many recipes.
1: Right. Um, but yeah, we're going to uh, try all of
0: them. But, Noel, we're going to try a bunch of them. We're going to try all of them. We're going to try it until it's not funny anymore. We're, oh, <laughs> um, it'll
1: always be funny. So, uh... Mostly
0: because the
1: name of I the was, segment is
0: "Chew the Doo." I was so surprised that that it came off so well. Wait, I was not. Uh,
1: uh, do, do I not remember how code red tastes? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I took a, I took the rest of the sauce home, and I dipped chicken nuggets into it. I uh, had a dark moment where I put it on a freaking McDouble.
0: <laughs> I bet that was actually pretty good. It's
1: really good. It's good on everything!
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a sweet cherry sauce. It's, it's sweet that,
1: and savory, because
0: it's got that pork stuff in it. And we were, we were um, really leery about... Because the way you're supposed to make it is once you have your pork chops done, you slice your pork chops and then uh, dump your Code Red sauce all over it. No, just cut them up and dip them. And so, yeah, instead, we just... To be conservative, we just each got a little side of Code Red sauce, and then uh-huh. we on our pork and dip it into the sauce, and and oh. that way, that way, in case it sucked, you know, we didn't have to eat any more of the dinner. Right. But I'm telling you, the, the recipe came with a a uh, a dry rub uh, recipe for oh. the for the pork. Like the pork chops would have been s- spectacular with just that dry rub and uh-huh. grilling them up according to directions. Uh, turned out really well, just as pork chops. I-
1: anytime I anytime I ask for pork chops from now on, it's gonna be
0: that rub. Yeah. And then and cooked red sauce was amazing. I like I hate to be raving about it so much. Right. But you guys if anyone wants the recipe, I will give look, it to you because all it I'm was saying really is really good.
1: You you say you don't want to try every recipe in this book, but look how much we loved this one.
0: We really did. So uh um, yeah, pork chops in code red salsa, quote unquote salsa, uh, did a big thumbs up for me. Right. Winner. Absolute winner! Oh
1: my gosh, I, I I still have a little bit of that sauce in my fridge, and uh-huh. I heat it up and uh-huh. just dip whatever I want in it.
0: Uh, it's I'm I'm gonna dip my balls in it.
1: It is evilly decadent.
0: Um, it was good stuff, guys. <laughs> I know, I know. You don't believe us? It was good.
1: It was good.
0: Um, all right. Uh, next up. Oh, I'm out of order. Ha ha! Next up, it's the Nerd Pride Turntable. handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Just a wannabe music nerd talking about music. Okay. Um, here's the thing. Last time we were here, uh, I mentioned Lenny Kim, because that was uh, Sarah Beth's new favorite singer. Um, and uh, uh, she, is, she says that he is just a sweet baby angel who needs to... I can't remember exactly how she put it. We were in the middle of a game of Pathfinder at the time. But, uh, um, but anyway, voice of an angel. And Lenny Kim, as I mentioned last time, he is a French-Canadian pop singer. And to me, kind of, you know, innocuous stuff, whatever. Uh, but as I was um, listening to Spotify this week... Uh, there were other Lenny Kim songs suggested on some of the playlists, uh, because now that I've listened to him, you know, Spotify is gonna gonna start pushing that a little bit. And one of them was oh oh here's the link back. I get it. He sings uh, the miraculous theme song from the cartoon Miraculous with um, uh, uh, Ladybug <sighs> and uh, uh, Cat. Oh, oh, Cat Noir? Is that? Yeah, Cat Noir. Yeah, and. Uh, Good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Look, Sarah Beth has only said these names to me a hundred times. It never sticks in my head. Well, Uh, right,
1: because you don't care and are a terrible listener.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Someone gets me. Um, And it's not not that I'm insensitive. I'm just really self-absorbed. It's not that that I'm insensitive. I'm just apathetic. Thank you. So, anyway, uh, he sings... He sings the Miraculous theme song with a girl named Lou, who is a 17-year-old French pop star who I also don't know. Um, but here was the interesting thing about uh, about Lenny Kim, is that when I search for Lenny Kim to get some more information about him, uh, it gives me the, hey, people who search for Lenny Kim also search for, and they gave me Lou, uh, was one of them. But they also uh, they also gave me Bilal Hassani. Who? Oh, okay. Right. Who I had never heard of before. Right. Yeah. I mean. Right. Exactly. Uh, Bilal Hassani was apparently uh, represented France in the Eurovision contest in I don't know, 2017, 2018, something like that. Uh, you watch Eurovision? Yeah, I do. Okay, I've never watched Eurovision. I know that, what it that is. I actually but, do know who you're talking about. Yeah, Bilal Hassani uh, is a uh, young man who is uh, brown skin. I assume from the name, possibly Middle Eastern Arabic, whatever. Uh, in descent, um, but generally goes with a very feminine blonde hairstyle. Mm-hmm. And yep, um, I found Bilal Hassani just there was something hypnotic about it. Like, like I just liked the style that he presented uh, because uh, he's a dude and he uses male pronouns. However, he also is clearly some measure of gender fluid because he presents as female in a lot of situations, uh, maybe just while performing, but it doesn't look look like that from the pictures. Who knows for sure? Uh-huh. I'm not going to judge, but...
1: Or he could yeah. just want to dress and look effeminately and not be right. fluid at all.
0: Exactly, and so that's where um, the connection for me was uh, the character of Mo from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which you just saw for the first time like 20 minutes ago uh-huh. with us. And in... Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Zoe's sassy black friend is uh, her downstairs neighbor Mo, and um, and I say sassy black friend as a stereotypical reduction. Actually, they made a joke about that early on, and uh, and Mo is more than that. But the point is that Mo is a guy, and again, also uses male pronouns, but consistently in this show, never presents as anything but female. I mean, mm-hmm. full feminine dress, feminine hair, makeup the whole bit, um, and very gender-fluid. And the uh, um, the actor that plays Mo, Alex Newell, is apparently the same way in real life. So this is, um, at least in, in gender and gender attitudes and style, the character of Mo is very much based on the actor who plays him. Mm. And at first, I was baffled by the character. Just the idea that that consistently always presents as female, and yet Still uses male pronouns, which, again, to my mind, is like, all right, if that's what they want to do, that's fine, and I'm
1: and I'm happy to see that uh, there are some shows out there that are finally getting this less traditional form of LGBTQ plus out there, because like everyone now knows about uh, gay, lesbian, bi, some people know about pan, Um, gender, queer, but it, it needs to open up to these. People who don't care what they identify as. They don't want to put labels on it. They're just who they are.
0: It's also because it it feels like queer representation in a lot of mass media is limited to represent, representation of classical queer stereotypes that right. straight cis people can understand.
1: Exactly.
0: And... And so for Mo, Mo was a little baffling for me because it was the first time I had experienced a character like that. And mm-hmm. again, my attitude was, well, all right, and this, that's how you want to present. I and know someone the, like that, actually. All of that is completely fine with me. It just seems odd. Why would you do that? And then for some reason, uh, doing research and coming across Bilal Hassani and like, I don't know, something clicked for me. Then I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, no, I get it. That's right. You know, I, I, and I don't know what the difference is in my head. But something just kind of clicked, and this is not this is not some you know great moment of awakening because you know I'm honestly just a middle aged white cis dude who uh, really is out of touch, and I am not uh, I don't claim uh, to to completely understand anyone's experience except my own, which is very limited. But
1: I mean that's all anyone can really say that they understand,
0: right? But um, you know it was a moment for me. And so it, I found mm. that very interesting. Uh, the other turntable item that I had, though, was the song Crimson and Clover. You're familiar with Crimson and Clover?
1: Uh, yes, but I'm still going to give you that look anyway.
0: Okay. Crimson and Clover.
1: I, I, I'm singing it in my head.
0: Okay. Who is singing it in your head? Do You some, know? Some lady. Right. Right. You're, you're hearing Joan Jett sing yes. it. Yes. Okay. Um... Because I've always loved the song "Crimson and Clover." When I first oh, I guess this is also um, related to queer culture. How about that? Because um, the first time I heard uh, "Crimson and Clover" was like in 1982 or 1983, whenever the song came out. I just remember I was I was in sixth grade or seventh grade, and I was delivering newspapers at the time, so it was a while ago. And when I heard Joan Jett singing it's "Crimson and Clover," game. Jesus, a I loved the song. But B, it was a woman on a pop radio station, a woman singing a love song to another woman. And, and being fairly explicit about it in 1983. I mean, that, that was really weird. Had never heard that before. And I even remember a DJ commenting about that, but, you know, it's a cover song. So therefore... She's just singing the original lyrics of the cover song. And no one suspected that maybe Joan Jett was actually gay herself. No no one suspected. No one would have... Hey, look, we didn't know George Michael was gay, all right? (laughs) Oh my god, let me pull up any given George Michael music video. (laughs) Any one of them. Especially when he was with Wham! Oh my God! Right, we didn't know. Look, how could you not have known? I know, I know. That's not the point. <laughs> wow, um, he's really effeminate, and uh, wow, he's really really, 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 really comfortable with himself, isn't he? Ah, oh, bet chicks love that. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> <laughs> so these, these are, are these
1: are not us laughing at homosexuals. This is us laughing with homosexuals, empowering them.
0: Right, we're laughing with them at how stupid. Uh, I was in particular, but also <laughs> most of white America at that time. I mean, you didn't, um, you
1: didn't even know about Tyler Durden your first watch, so...
0: We're getting to that. All right, so...
1: <laughs> oh, I know, I just I just like to, you know, tease things. That's
0: right. Um, so anyway, uh, I was thinking of the song Crimson and Clover, and I'm like... I was wondering what the original sounded like. And... I've always wondered that. I've never bothered to look it up. Well, I heard the song playing on some oldies station or playing somewhere. I don't even know how it came up. And the original from like the 60s is playing and, oh my god, it's a woman singing. That cannot be right. So, Mm -hmm. no, no. I look it up. It's not a woman. It's Tommy James from Tommy Tommy James and the Shondells. Yep. He's not a, he just has a very I register, yep. and his voice is so feminine that I would, or at least I only know this from choir. And, and I so, knew this punchline was coming, and so this to me just blew me away. I'm like, I I will lay you money. Like I, Joan Jet won't answer my calls, so I can't ask her personally. But I'm gonna I'm gonna lay money that Joan Jett, in her youth. Uh, oh, is she is she calling you now?
1: Hey, uh, Joan. Uh, Mike is still blocked, right? <laughs>
0: wait, wait, wait! Tell her I have a question. Tell her I have a question.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I know you can hear him.
0: Okay. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. What when you were young? All right, when you were a kid and you heard Tommy James and the Chandelles singing "Crimson and Clover," did you initially hearing it on the radio and not knowing who sang it? Did you initially think it was a woman singing to another woman, and it kind of inspired something in you? Because I could see that. That would make sense.
1: Uh, y- yeah, yeah, no, yeah, right, right, I did order that pizza, yeah, yeah, You're good, good, uh, yeah, yeah, C- see you, Joni, I'll talk to you later. You're All a
0: right. dick, why won't, why won't she respond to me? So, like, that's my guess, I, like, that is such a plausible scenario that uh, you can imagine being a kid, because she would have been very young when she first heard that song, and being a kid who was maybe confused about her own identity at the time. And hearing what sounded like a woman singing to another woman on the radio, I bet, was very inspiring. And uh, and thus, I bet she had a personal connection to that song from a young age as a result of that. That's my guess. But, I then, here's the next the next bit of this. Um, is I went out to find that version, Tommy James' version uh, of Crimson and Clover, to add to my Spotify. And so I just searched for Crimson and Clover. And in addition to getting Tommy James, which I decided not to add to my Spotify, uh, I got a version from someone named Tejo Tiardo. And I have never heard of Tejo Tiardo, but he's apparently an Italian singer, and he is singing Crimson and Clover in an Italian accent. And there is just something so very passionate and sincere about it. I mean, look, its Crimson and Clover is a great song. It's hard to... Hard to screw this up, apparently, because every version of it seems to be good. Uh, but it was just, I was mesmerized by this version. So I've, I've put that on my playlist, and I've listened to it a ton of times since then. Uh, but the album uh, that that came from, with Tejo Tiardo, uh, also featured, it was Tejo Tiardo and uh, Blixa Bargeld.
1: That's a DD and d character.
0: No! No! Blix of Bargeld is a German right! singer. Right, that's that that's my big evil
1: wizard that's trying to take over the world.
0: No. <sighs> I am
1: Blix of Bargeld!
0: Okay, so you, see the levels going?
1: Yeah, that one I meant to be loud.
0: <laughs> you will bend your knee to me! <laughs> so, I went to look at Blix of Bargeld. I control the dragons! I've never heard of the guy before. Turns out it's a guy. Never heard of the guy before. So I click on him uh, to find out more about him and to see if he has other music. And it turns out that he is a founding member of Einstürzende Neubauten. Oh, okay. Right. The the German industrial band. The German 80s industrial band that right. you only know about because I just told you two nights ago. You shut up. Quit acting like you know stuff. Uh, Einstürzende Neubauten the reason that that's significant to me... Is, is from the
1: song, If Only I Were a Goth.
0: All right If I Only Were a Goth, has a line in it. Um, that, from my casket purse I'm toutin' einst bauten and pagan hymns to Thoth. Which is immediately followed by my favorite line from that song. This corpse that I'm, that I'm addressing would be sexier, I'm guessing, guessing, if only I were a goth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, because he's addressing. we I. I. I will lay It money implies with, that he's already, this already
1: undressing a corpse, right? And he sounds to be doing it disdainfully,
0: right? But, but it
1: would be sexier, probably, if he was a
0: goth, right? If I were a goth, I mean, this would probably, probably be
1: sexy. Probably be
0: pretty hot, right? I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, but uh, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, oh, so, anyway, that was that was my adventure in Crimson and Clover, as it led me down this rabbit hole towards uh, 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 Blixa Bargeld and Einsturzende Neubauten. I practiced saying that a hundred times before I came on the podcast. I'm still going to stumble over it. So, I even looked it up and said, correct pronunciation of Einsturzende... I can't do it. I did it once. You guys got one correct pronunciation. You'll have to guess which one it was. All right, so... Look,
1: are we done with that segment?
0: Yeah, we're done with that segment.
1: I I don't mean to tattle on myself, but are we just going to skip over Aiden was wrong?
0: (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, you know what? I wrote down Aiden was wrong, and then I forgot to note where it was. Oh, but now that you've brought it up, Aiden was wrong! Uh, When I was discussing the TV show Resident Alien, and I said that after his first experience with alcohol... Uh, Alan Tudyk's character. Uh, I don't call in, him Alan Tudick's for nothing in Resident Alien. Uh, it's, it's, his last name is actually Two Dick, but, but I always say Two Dicks, and I've, I've said it often enough that I forget that his real name is Tudyk. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's still a good joke. His character says that oh, it must not affect humans the same way because if it did, they would never drink again. And Aiden said, Yeah, that's why I don't drink anymore. Now, now, you guys remember that from the recording. Wait, that was two weeks ago. All right, Let me at
1: least defend sma- myself. Sma-
0: smash cut to four days later, Aiden has to message me and say, I'm sorry, I am so hungover. No, hung no, no,
1: no, 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 no. We were on a phone call and I was running errands. Oh, that's right. And I said, can I be honest with you? I'm a little hungover. Uh-huh. Because I wasn't that drunk. I wasn't, like, blitzed like I used to get. So... So when
0: Aiden says he doesn't drink anymore, he was wrong.
1: But it was like, I had like four mics, and that's it.
0: Okay, well, but you're a lightweight. Yeah. And you know what? One drink is still drinking.
1: I'll have a drink every so often, but it's not like I get drunk. Ah, so
0: now we're changing the terms. I get it.
1: Yes, because you're going to call my fucking Aiden was wrong on me.
0: I'm just saying you were wrong. All right.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Okay, that's that's where we'll put it in. Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Good call. All right. Oh. Last up, uh, this is going to be a mini segment of Awesome in
2: 1999. Say, say,
0: Nineteen ninety nine was the single greatest year for movies in my lifetime. So uh, to remind you all of that, occasionally uh, we watch movies from nineteen ninety nine and then we tell you about them. And, and in this particular case, the it's reason it's a mini, yeah, the reason it's a mini episode is because I was at home with my two younger sons, and Aiden wasn't around that night seen, I or just afternoon. Saw, I or saw whatever.
1: Fight Club yesterday.
0: Seriously, yep. and we wound up watching. Fight. I knew you were going
1: to talk about it.
0: I wound up watching Fight Club with uh, with my two younger boys. Uh, who are 14 and 17 now. And, uh, which oh my is about God, how old. 17? Yeah, which is about how old you and Jacob were when you saw Fight Club for the first time.
2: He's 17? I know.
0: I know. And, and uh, yeah, he's really grown up. So, anyway, um, let me just tell you really quickly that the movie Fight Club is. Uh, I had to make sure that the the kids were aware that this was a commentary on toxic masculinity. That this was not um, not a thing to be emulated, not a thing. Which, thank God, they didn't really even need that talk because they're like, "Oh Jesus, what? How stupid do you have to be? Oh my God!" Uh huh. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Uh. So so my my kids were not the kind that were going to go jumping into creating their own Fight Club. I, I needn't have worried, but. Here's the magic of Fight Club. Here's how much I love this film. The question is, does it still hold up? Oh, it absolutely holds up. Oh, it was yeah. So much fun. The boys really enjoyed it, uh, which is that that's that's my big clue is that I introduced somebody new to it and they thought it was great. And we had a great time watching it. And when it got to the reveal, it was literally not until Brad Pitt practically is. Yelling in his face that I'm you. We're the same guy. Oh, sorry. Spoiler warning. Um, yeah, yeah. They've they've had they've had what twenty two years to figure it out, right? Um, so Tyler Durden wasn't real. So it's not not until he's explaining it that they both finally. Oh my god! What? 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 I mean, like they're just losing their shit over this, which was great. Uh, and. It was amazing, because for me, I haven't seen it in a while. This is like my fourth watch of Fight Club. And and having not seen it for a while, I didn't know how I was going to go over it. And as I'm watching it this time, they telegraph oh, yeah. the reveal so hard. Like, if you know it, there are clues everywhere. I mean, there are several times that they just...
1: Flat publish. out say,
0: it's like we're the same person. It's like we're the same person. Over and over they do that. The, the weird, um... Look, thing. the movie
1: is smarter than you, and it knows it. Oh,
0: God, that's, it really is. And so, so I'm watching this whole thing going, there's no way they don't pick up on this. Kids today have to be smarter than I was when I first saw it. I mean, honestly, they're way more sophisticated. They've got this. No, they did Well, get because,
1: it. like, it's like we're the same person. It's something that we still say. Uh-huh. It's it's not like I'm literally trying to tell you that I'm your subconscious Right. Ego maniacal right. bastard.
0: But the clues were so plentiful. Oh my god, the whole movie. Um and that, that was really all I wanted to say about Fight Club is that A, it's great, and B, um I cannot I cannot believe how much it telegraphs this and none of us caught on. It's just crazy to me. So um but still fun movie. Yeah. So alright. Uh and that's it for the Midiculously plotted portion of this podcast. And now it's time for the gaming table. Oh Oh, you said you didn't have anything else.
1: You know me. I remember stuff right in the middle of the podcast.
0: Okay, hold hold on. Did you say gaming table? I've got Twin
1: Die I've got a kitty ride. and I crawler too. That's where, right, it's a gaming table.
0: Where where was your dungeon master guide? We, we don't go that far in. I've oh, got I think it's right after the 12-sided die. Is it, is it? I think it's I've got 12-sided die. I've got Dungeon Master Guide. Oh. I've got Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler 2. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, sorry. Waiting there I,
0: for me. I don't listen
1: to the podcast.
0: Yes, I do. Okay, anyway. No, you don't. I know. Makes anyway. me sad. Uh, anyway, uh, board games, video Cars, games, card, card games, games, any games. games. Yeah. Yeah. If it fits on our gaming table, we're here to share it with you. Uh. Anyway, what, what do we have to talk about? I have to talk about
1: high magic campaigns in D&D. Okay. I personally love them.
0: Okay, good. I, I was afraid you were going to go the other way. No, no, no no, no, no. I like both, but go ahead and explain.
1: For, for, for anyone who's uninitiated, a high magic campaign means that a party is more powerful than they really should be, according to the book. Mm-hmm. So they've got items they probably shouldn't have, or powers they pr- probably shouldn't have, by book standards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I run all of my campaigns High Magic, because it's just a well, lot of and, fun. And
0: even beyond that, let me just let me just add in my own uh, two cents on it. In most D&D and Pathfinder games... Uh, or at least I don't know D and D currently. I know mm-hmm. old D and D,
1: good you, old three point five. If you
0: follow the the logic of it, look, every adventuring party that you play has a couple of magic users in it. You have you have a wizard, you have a, a cleric that heals people. You might even have a bard that casts a few spells. Like mm-hmm. like yep. every gaming group has spellcasters in it with pretty powerful magic. Uh, like, our current one, we have eight characters in our group, and I think I think s- s- six of us cast spells? Oof. I mean, look, we've got a paladin, a ranger, uh, the fighter even took one level of cleric, because she's all uh, holy like that. Uh, uh-huh. A bard, a wizard, an oracle, I mean... Right.
1: And high magic doesn't necessarily mean magic itself. Mm-hmm. I could give someone a really big... I could give a barbarian a really big axe.
0: Yes, 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 with lots of Powerful magic items. And that's... Okay. And so, just real quick, uh, yeah, to finish up my absolutely. thought. Um, in a game like this, where everyone's got some spellcasters around, every group that we fight tends to have a spellcaster in it, um, everyone's got a bunch of mag- magic items to help them compete in all of this. Like, like the the value of just one character's equipment in our party... Uh-huh. would be enough to feed a village of 200 people for years. Right. Like, we have... Like, just one of us has so much wealth just in the magic items we're carrying with us, that there is no reason for us to ever go adventuring because we could just retire. sell all this and retire fabulously wealthy uh-huh. at any point. Yep. But we don't. And and also, look, and if there was any risk of us running out of money, we could sell our spellcasting services from the safety of a guarded uh, town or fortress somewhere. Without having to go, you know, slaying dragons and shit. That's just crazy talk. Right. All right. So anyway, go ahead.
1: Right. And so I, I have all of my campaigns as high magic campaigns, uh, and how I start this is everyone's a caster. Okay. Some of them are better at it than others, but the world has such prevailing magic that it seeps into everyone. Okay. Even if you're a barbarian, you'll have a little bit of spellcasting. Okay. And so I look at the sorcerer's uh, level list, and whenever a sorcerer would get that level of spell, a barbarian would get one of that level. Okay. So once you have a 17th level barbarian, he will know a cantrip, a 1, 2, and then through 9. Wow. That's
0: pretty right. powerful.
1: But they still have to pass through the DM to make sure that this isn't anything that a barbarian wouldn't have. Right. So they'd have things like green flame blade,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: boister person, but as much as much fun as high magic campaigns are, they're really hard on one person,
0: the DM. Oh, is this about how you're the real victim in all of this? The
1: problem with a high magic White
0: guy. Okay, okay, good. I'll fight you. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Tell us. I'm sorry. I'm just. I, I don't know why I get so snarky. I I love you, and <laughs> you're making a good point. And
1: and so I have to, you know, come up with encounters for these people, mm-hmm. and I need these encounters to, uh, you know, not end in one round, right? Or not kill my players, right? And it came to the point. Or I gave them a magical arena where they could fight whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they chose a Tarrasque as a joke. Right. And at level 8, they beat a Tarrasque.
0: Oh, that's... that's sad. Only because
1: someone had a magic item to hypnotize the tarasque so they could just beat it to death without it attacking. No, I suppose.
0: I mean, look... This is the same. Look, when I say we've got eight people in our group, uh-huh. we've got eight eight characters in our group. When the average adventure is designed four for four to five, six, if you're really pushing it, eight uh-huh. is a lot. And right. so we are we are now in book six of this adventure path, which is intended to be for characters level you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and we're all fifteenth level, and we're still kicking ass all over it because well. Uh-huh. We got eight of us for God's sake. Yeah, I get it. And uh, DM Darks, who is awesome, uh, has has often remarked that it is it is tough to figure out how to adjust to the encounters so that it fits in the adventure and forms at least a bit of a challenge for us without uh-huh. without overwhelming us or without being I don't know silly in in length or I mean like. There's a balancing act to be played as a, as a GM, and I am glad it's not me doing it. Right. And
1: so my solution... Yes. ...is it's a lot of work, and you do have to plan a lot ahead. Just make your own monsters, man.
0: <laughs> and the solution is, every time a combat starts, I roll a die, and one character randomly breaks their leg.
1: One random One character just randomly dies.
0: <laughs> Which, you know... Again, you're living in a world where, where healing magic is so prolific that there is no real disease anyway. I mean, I, how right. How is there still? How is there still so much? Which,
1: which there, illness and there's and, another. That's another issue that a lot of DMs face. What am I supposed to do to scare my players or make them worry when they have a cleric? Right. Or they have two clerics. Right. When, you know, not even death is an obstacle anymore. Uh So I implemented the side effects of resurrection. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you die, you might come back with temporary or permanent downsides. Uh Uh-huh. So, well, now, you know, dying isn't the end of your character, but... Look, you could lose
0: the use of your right arm. We've got it down to a science that if someone in the in the party dies i mean it's look it's not ideal and we're still scared of dying um, <laughs> but but if someone in the party dies we all have 5000 gold pieces worth of diamond dust laying around just in case <laughs> and so you know it winds up costing actually i think i don't think it's 5000 for it cuz instead of true resurrection it's i think it's it's above raised dead, but below... Anyway, it's a level of resurrection that brings us back as cheaply as possible <laughs> while also bestowing two negative levels upon us, which then means that, okay, so you just get raised from dead for, the, for cheap. you got two negative levels, that's alright. A couple of castings of Restoration, you're back to normal. Aha! And Restoration doesn't cost any diamond powder. We're set. Oh, um, it's cheating the system, but... <laughs> But yeah, in a in a world where, as we say, every character is unbelievably, ungodly wealthy, right? Everyone is fabulously wealthy by the time they hit eighth level or ninth level. In in in,
1: in my pseudo science fiction setting, they just bought their own space station,
0: right? See, it's stuff like that. Like for the, I so badly wanted to buy uh, one of the one of the flying dirigibles. Oh my god. Like you know how much time we would have saved if we could have just flown everywhere, but you know, problem with getting a the dirigible is that is it getting to some places the hard part. Getting back is just teleporting, right? And so then how do you how do you get your dirigible back if you've just teleported? And now you have to wait two In weeks for the, the dirigible. A teleporting dirigible is that what, what we need? Yeah. All right, I guess it's the only way to do it. We have the money, so.
1: <laughs> Why don't we take our dirge bull and push it somewhere else?
0: You're yelling again. <laughs> the only times
1: I've been loud is when I'm intentionally loud.
0: All right. Um So, anyway, uh, were we making another point?
1: Uh uh-uh. Actually, I was. Yes. Okay. On the topic of the space station.
0: Oh. You brought all of this up to accidentally get to the space station? That was your no, point? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. This is my second point. <laughs> is that I have gifted my uh, my players a, a space station.
0: hmm Which is weird because it's an entirely underwater campaign.
1: <laughs> anyway, but uh, it, it's a public space station where people can come in and do commerce and all that. So I have given... Each player their own suite to live in. It's it's like a little indoor right, right. big space. And then 35 massive, like, uh, da, da, uh, Con- Comic-Con show floor-sized rooms to fill with whatever they think would bring in people. Uh-huh. And so they're starting to work on that, and I take one of my players aside, the Rogue. Uh-huh. I said, alright, now you have ten of these rooms... That no one else can access, and you can do whatever illegal stuff you want
0: in them. And so they do,
1: right? So now there's all of this good above the above the table business going on on one side, nice, and then my rogue with all of their under the table business on the other. That's fantastic, and it keeps everyone happy.
0: Nice. All right, I am uh, I am quite pleased with where that conversation went. Yeah, that was very good. Uh, so now it's time. For the pod. Omatic. Hot dog. This is the Nerd Pride Radio Pod Omatic. At the end of every cast, we bring out R2 in this fully pimped out pod omatic bubble. And he rolls up random topics for us to talk about. And where do these topics come from, you ask? As people are always asking me. I mean, like, like these big guys, tough guys. They come up to me, just tears, tears in their eyes, asking, where did these topics come from? And that's where you guys come in. You want to hear me haver on about something? You send your question or topic to me by email, or better yet, a private message on my forums at nerdprideradio.com slash babble. And I will add it to my Podomatic list. Podomatic is about whatever you You want want it to to be.
1: be. And what's that first number? Uh, That first number is
0: 63. 63 are you sure it's a 63 it's a 63 i can't see it from here it looks like it might be a 39 am i missing something 63 huh that is so strange okay well i guess it, it was just me and oh hey look it's, now it's up oh okay oh, <laughs> you know, okay i was, I was like what, what are you doing is this some kind of joke i'm not, oh no you just
1: didn't have the list up okay that's right
0: um, sixty-three is from DM Darks. Why, well, DM Darks? Hey, how's it hey, going? Pat. All right, Pat. He says, "What do you call the toe pads on a cat's foot?" Toe beans. Toe beans. Toe beans. I don't know. Pads. Is they're, this a? They're, this they're, is this a riddle? I don't have the answer to. They're 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 toe beans.
1: Are you sure?
0: It is. There are. They are toe beans. Hold on. What do you call the pads on Cat's Feet? Ah, there it is. Um, It says, ha, each paw has at least four small digital pads, often nicknamed toe beans. That is so weird. I have never heard that before in my life.
1: They're They're shaped like beans. They're little toe beans.
0: Wow. That's really cool. Okay. I learned something.
1: 77. Seventy-seven,
0: and then we can do one more after this. So right. we'll do three total. Um, Seventy-seven is from Kyle. Well, hi, Kyle. How many syllables in uh, in your uncle's name?
1: First or last?
0: His first name.
1: Okay. It is depending on how your parents it. say it could be Kyle or Kyle.
0: Right, right. We were just debating this on the forums, and. uh, and some people, well, one person got very heated that it was a two-syllable word. It's
1: Kyle. Yeah, it's
0: Kyle.
1: No, Kyle. It's one.
0: Kyle. It's,
1: if, 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 we're, if we're going purely by phonics, it's one.
0: Right, whereas Bill properly pointed out that, that, no, no, it's like style or pile. You don't jump in a pile of leaves, you jump in a pile of leaves. I mean, it's not pile. Pile. That sounds weird, right?
1: right?
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> Dinosaur. Okay,
1: <laughs> if if you guys don't don't listen to the podcast, we do. This means nothing to you.
0: Yes. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Oh, care to explain? A thrilling adventure hour, um, and this is uh, what's the name of their bit. Oh, I can't remember. Um, anyway, it's it's two rich socialites, um, Frank and Sadie, uh, played by Paul F. Tompkins and Paget Brewster, respectively, and they are uh, independently wealthy, um, constantly drunk and drinking, and they see ghosts and solve supernatural crimes. So, <coughs> and they are recurring characters, it's a bit, and they're just really funny. I love I love Paget Brewster in that bit particularly. She plays Sadie and she does this exaggerated socialite a- accent where where she went for her flask and she pronounces it flask. Flask. Um, There's like six syllables to it. She's just crazy. L-
1: yes.
0: But yes, as it turns out uh, long eye is a diphthong which means uh-huh. yeah. Which I did not know was spelled with a PH. So it's actually, yep. it's actually diphthong. Yep. But because of the way it looks, diphthong is also a correct pronunciation of it. Yep. Um, but as a diphthong, uh, it starts as one vowel, uh, ah, and mm-hmm. ends as another vowel, e. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Kyle winds up, you can stretch it out into two syllables mm-hmm. if you want. So, anyway, it was an odd conversation. Or, or,
1: or you can be a Kryptonian and do Kyle.
0: <coughs> that, oh, that would be great. Um, so, anyway, uh, Kyle says, do you have a single piece of, exas- of exasperated footwear that is always complaining under its breath and passively aggressively hiding it under loud, exaggerated exhales? Me too. What's your shoe, size? Boo. Boo. You already gave us you already gave us shoe size last time. I I I I I think we did this one. Uh, no, I think it was it was phrased differently. But But it was very similar. Yeah. 75, good, so we don't have to roll anywhere. It's Ronster! Hey Ron! Alright. Ronster says have you considered getting a novelty type COVID mask? Maybe Bane or Sub Zero.
1: Um, I mean, I I have one.
0: Yeah, you have your Plague Doctor mask.
1: I have my Plague Doctor. Oh, you actually I had that the, before COVID. I have the, not really. I did the have the Plague Doctor before COVID.
0: Oh, you just ordered it because of COVID. Yeah. All right. You guys probably. Uh, uh, and then knew I that, also that, had my but...
1: gas mask that I did have before COVID. Yes. And my uh, demon teeth. Uh
0: huh. The Demon Teeth is the one that you wear most. Yes, yes, that's
1: that one I also had before COVID. Really? Yep. Wow. I I bought it back in support
0: of Hong Kong and the protests. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, I do uh, own own a bunch of masks, but they're all in just standard black. Because you're boring. Or I have one that's black and gray. Because you're boring. A couple of red ones, a navy one. Um, but I also have one that I got for Christmas, um, for Christmas, for our Christmas pajamas. Uh, I have a t-shirt that has, um, that has Captain Kirk and Spock in gold and blue, respectively, both wearing their, their masks, uh, their COVID masks. And then right next to them is a red shirt wearing no mask at all. Um, and so to go along with that, I also wound up getting a red shirt, uh, Star Trek, face mask. So
1: speaking of uh, COVID, just real quick, you heard what uh, our, our our town state did, right?
0: Uh, probably, but you'll have to remind me.
1: Uh, released the mandate.
0: Oh yeah, we no longer have a mask mandate.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's I ex- so
0: dumb. I'm surprised we ever got one. But, but still, it's so dumb. Uh huh. We're in danger. Look, there was another state. Was it Michigan? Was it? I don't remember where, that a state senator wanted to pass a law to say that it was illegal for any government entity to pass a mask mandate in their state. So not only do we not have a mask mandate, but it is illegal for counties, cities, uh-huh. schools to issue their own mask mandates, period. All right. right. But the phrasing of the law meant, because it also said, uh, in the phrasing, there was something about uh, or for doing business that didn't specify just government. Oh. And so basically they, they banned anyone from having a mask requirement of any sort, which meant technically... Your surgeon no longer needs to wear a mask during surgery because, well, uh-oh, you can't require well, which nobody's going to do that. Right. Nobody's going to follow that. Everybody understood the intent of the law, and they're now working to fix it. But, but yeah, in their haste to to make sure that nobody could possibly protect people from COVID, uh, they also accidentally banned all mask requirements. So now, you know, again, your scrub nurse, it's just a voluntary thing if she wants to wear or he wants to wear a mask uh-huh. to surgery. Um, so it was interesting. I did. Hey, we're already done. I got a four. Okay. That's funny. I'll give you that one. Um, Hey, it's from Lisa. And Lisa says, what TV show or movie do you quote the most? Uh, oh, that's harsh. I ha- Probably
1: Rick and Morty
0: Yeah I do a lot of Rick and Morty But see I oh, also Futurama
1: is also a good one
0: I, You know what I would say Futurama more yep. than anything future-
1: I, I caught myself the other day Just being like buy my shiny metal ass
0: <laughs> Yeah I. There is just so much Futurama It's so easy to quote Oh wait 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 uh, Mine might be Saturday Night Live I do that a lot
1: you mean like how you're going to dip your balls in it?
0: That's the state.
1: Oh, but yeah, still.
0: Di- dipping my balls in it was the state. Um, God, I can't remember the name of the actor who said it. He's the guy who played the dumb captain from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, when Holt was was demoted to mm-hmm. to patrol and they they brought in the, the replacement. That was the dip my balls in it guy. Because um,
1: I am going to dip my balls.
0: <laughs> I'm going to dip my balls balls in it so uh yeah i think saturday night live is probably the one i quote but i quote a lot of stuff all the time because i i have no personality of my own uh, also
1: me and my friend quote as diff all the time
0: i can see that i mean that yeah i can definitely see that
1: uh it's it, it really changes depending on what the last like three or four asdiffs that have been released are Uh huh. because over the last couple of years they've been kind of putting a few of them out so The lingo kind of changes.
0: Ugh. Still. I get it. Okay. Uh, Now we turn it over to GLaDOS, and we got a recap of this week's episode so far.
2: Remember when the platform was sliding into the fire pit, and I said goodbye, and you were like, No way. And then I was all, we pretended we were going to murder you. That was great.
0: This podcast is copyright 2021 by Nerd Pride Radio. The opening and closing theme is Death Metal Disco by Ian Cronkast, performed by Black Dove Underground. My bumper music this week, Weezer's in the Garage, um, Two Turntables and a Microphone by Beck, 1999 by Prince, I think that was it, uh... All the songs I use are available on iTunes or Spotify or whatever music service you happen to use. So you should check them out. You should listen to them. You should buy them. You should enjoy them. I wouldn't put them in my podcast if I didn't love them. Uh, if you want to help out Nerd pride, you should subscribe to this podcast and whatever podcatcher you use. And write us a nice review. Or um, a crappy one. Or any kind of review as long as it has five stars. Because uh, we just really want to trick the algorithm.
1: I mean, you could also tell us about, you know, your
0: day, or... That would be great. What about a review that's just a little personal journal entry for yourself, but gives us five stars? Right, uh,
1: uh right Write yourself a review as a reminder that you need to go pick up the kids from soccer practice on Thursday.
0: <laughs> but, if you want to do something super nice for this podcast, you should recommend it to your friends. Or just one friend, any friend, if you have a friend. If not, you know what, come hang out with us. We'll be your friend. Honestly. Yeah. Um... Because if you're enjoying this podcast, you should be spreading the word and let other people enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is my bread and butter, people. Uh, remember, I am always looking for you listeners. To do my work for me. Don't forget to send me questions and topics for the polymatic. Let me know if you want to be included on Listener Betrayal. Uh, and if you have a really interesting nerd fact about an upcoming episode number, send it to me. Save me all of that grueling research. You can see how hard I worked for 311. Uh, my contact information, mike at nerdprideradio.com, at nerdprideradio on some social media. But honestly... The very best way to talk to me is come sign up for my forums at nerdprideradio.com slash babble. Sign up, send me a message, we will hang out together, we will become best friends in the world! So you don't need a previous friend, you can just come hang out with us and we'll be your friends.
2: We'll have fun! <laughs>
0: it is time for the listener betrayal before I start recording every podcast uh, I post out to my ever vigilant galleon club members and Aiden posts up to I, his I, beautiful and talented platinum I, I club need, members I need to cut this
1: for just a second yeah I just on a whim googled bread and butter people
0: do you have some bread and butter people
1: sort of I have an album from Das Monster aus Dem Schrank called we butter the bread with butter
0: Okay, that's not the same. It's a deathcore album. Did you? (laughs) Have you? Have you tried? Did you try an image search? Yeah, that's where I got it. It was the album cover. Wow, that is. It's still deathcore. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying that that's. That's a very symbolic cover. Yeah. So, much like the llama I encountered. Uh, anyway. The what? Did I not tell you the story of the llama? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Okay. So, we finally have a speech meet that we are allowed to attend. There is limited attendance for uh, non-participants. And you have to, you can only watch your kid's event. And then there's only like two guests per per kid, and then you have to get out. and So they're trying to keep everyone safe, but still give us an opportunity to watch our children uh, in action at the speech meet. So we're at the speech meet, and we've seen our kids perform, and now it's time for us to leave. And as we're walking out, this is in the elementary school uh, where these performances were taking place. And as we're walking out, there's a wall covered with crayon drawings. All right? But all I see is one that, as I'm approaching it, is very clearly, it's very, very pink and very, very bright. It is very clearly a crayon drawing of a vagina. I mean, it is just, there's just no doubt that, that it is. You do realize that probably in
1: a school there is not a crayon drawing of a vagina, right?
0: No, not at a Catholic school for sure. Okay, but. Why has it got to be Catholic? Because that's where we were. We were in a Catholic elementary school, and and it was just very clearly a vagina. Like, I do a double take. I have to go over and examine. What the hell is this doing in this? And then I realize, as I get closer, oh, it is surrounded by drawings of llamas. These are all crayon llamas. This is a pink crayon-drawn llama that some little Georgia O'Keeffe very clearly (laughs) fashioned into a vagina. And I mean, like, the talent is there. I mean, it was good. Look, you had me at little Georgia O'Keeffe. It it served its purpose. (laughs) I'm just... You get... That was... But it caught me off guard. That's all I'm saying. Um, maybe that's the only view of a llama they've ever seen. No, no. And here's the thing. Here's the thing is once I knew it was a llama, it's like, oh look, there's a, there's the ears, there's little eyes. Oh, the, okay, this that's that's supposed to be a nose. I get it now. That is not all right. I get it. Okay, right, I understand. You, somebody
1: took a picture of this. No,
0: why did I not take a picture of the vagina llama? I don't know. It the, was
1: the pajama, if you will. The
0: Vajama. It was. It was really, really brilliant. So, um, anyway. um, Send me pictures of your pajama. So, uh, anyway, we post up to those respective lists, and we say, hey, we're recording. Anything that those people post to us during the duration of this recording will be read off at the end of the podcast, which is what we are doing right now. Um, So, uh, you want me to go first as usual? Yeah. Okay. I would love to. So uh, I sent out. Oh, I don't have a whole lot of responses, but oh, look at that! All right, did you did you tell Emily she had to reply to me because I think that she's mad at me? Did you tell her that? No, because she replied to me for the first time in like yeah, weeks. she
1: replied to me too, so yeah. But well, she did. But she did respond you, to me first. Here's so. the thing:
0: she she's been responding to you fairly regularly for the last several episodes. So has Sarah Beth, but then not to me. <laughs> well, maybe better chi- questions. Apparently, chicks dig you. So uh, um, you know what? So literally, okay. As we were sending out our questions just before the podcast started, uh, I looked through my list and I sent one out to Emily and I said to Aiden, God, is Emily mad at me? She hasn't responded in ages. And now all of a sudden, here she is, like she heard me. Did you feel guilty? Because you shouldn't feel guilty right, at all. Uh, I'm just insecure, that's all. Okay, I'm not really. <laughs> I try. All right, my my question, I said, your pride in his house." Um, that was his house, if you didn't know. That was no, no, I got it. You don't need me to explain. Snoop no. Dogg and okay. also there look you go. Tow beans. Oh look, toe beans on my cat. Look, look at these old. No, beans. I get it. I get it. Anyway, I said we are recording and we need your input. We're starting a new Nerd Pride School of Magic to compete with Hogwarts. What should we name it? And or what would be the name of the house uh, that you're in when you enroll? So Aiden responds first, and he says. Uh, Bigfoot house, skunk ape house, jersey devil house, and of course, I'm in mothman house. But then later, he comes back and he adds on obesity house. Well, if
1: it's going to be an American school,
0: oh,
1: I, uh, you could also do a semi automatic rifle house.
0: Yes. All right. No, I guess it, it is an
1: American school.
0: Okay, but honestly, can you really? Is that fair when so many kids in the other houses are using semi-automatic rifles as their wands? <laughs> I cast bullet! I cast magic missile! Minus magic. Um, guardian Dediosa! <laughs> no, it's... Dediosa! Dediosa! <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Jacob posts up and says, Mike's Asylum for Wand-Waving Delinquents! And I, <laughs> I know, I know. How good is that, right? And I'd be from House Gygax. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Emily says, "Oh wow! All right, she named three houses: Oppenheimer, Curie, and Nobel. Three houses should be good enough. All right, good on you. <laughs> You're a winner, Emily. Uh, and then Kyle." says says TPS reports quick. My house would be stapler, standard black. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) and that's all the responses I have. I get just four today. All right. Well, your friends are more active late on a Sunday night. I'm
1: assuming. I sent out. uh, Do I need to go through the intro at this point?
0: No, you don't. You just skip right to the question portion of our. of our question
1: okay because uh i sent out my usual response and then uh my question of the week was uh is this your card and uh ryan responds first and says no but i pooped your pants (laughs) (laughs) god damn it
0: whoa (laughs) oh oh my god
1: all right uh the next one comes to us from mike oh all right mike says oh my god that's what how did you do that Seriously, my friend Devin is right over there.
0: You've got to show him that trick. Wow. I was going to keep going. Devin, Devin, get over here. You've got to see this. Have have a big... But then I got... I realized we needed Uh, to start recording. I
1: gotcha. Uh, next one comes to us from from, uh, Peter. He says, oh my goodness, you found my card. Didn't lose... Didn't lose... Didn't lose card. You found my card. Didn't lose card. Thanks, thanks. I will take it back now. Steals random person's identity. Oh, oh! He didn't lose his card. It's
0: got it. Okay, gotcha. All right, uh, clever enough.
1: Cool. Uh, the next one comes from uh, John One. Uh, he says, "No, but I pooped your pants." <laughs>
2: Whoa.
0: <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Holy cow! That was funnier the second time.
1: Uh, The next one comes from uh, Jacob and here.
2: <laughs> yes. I What
1: he, he seems to have responded to the question, is this your card, with a picture of a adult firefighter costume where the firefighter coat opens up to a massive firefighter hose as your ding-dong. Then following up with, yes, this is my answer.
0: That's creepy. The, <laughs>
1: f- uh, all right. Uh, Kyle says uh,
0: Oh, wow.
1: uh, Him throwing glitter on me. Well, okay. It's
0: it's not just him throwing glitter on you. It's him as uh, Samantha Stevens from Bewitched throwing glitter on you. It's a magic trick.
1: Then he also sent me this.
0: (laughs) I love magic. I don't know who that is. Neither do I. But that's pretty good.
1: And then he sent me this.
0: Oh, I, now I created yes. this one. <laughs> God, I
1: love it. It's so, so much talent. It
0: was, oh my God. <laughs> a dude
1: with hot coffee cups on platters on his nipples and crotch with a sheet under them and whips it away like he's a table.
0: Yes, he whips it away and he just leaves behind uh, these, these, uh, uh, these cups of hot liquid covering his private parts. And... Uh, That's pretty funny, except it's got Kyle's face on it, because we use the Reface app.
1: The next one comes from us from Emily. Emily says, my card is a tarot card, which is an omen of death. Uh Uh-oh. Aww. Uh, Dylan's card is a holographic Pokemon card, and Brian's card is an ace or spades, but the whole deck contains only aces of spades.
0: Oh, that's a good trick.
1: (laughs) Uh. Uh, he's... (laughs) Uh, Isaiah says, no, what are you talking about? Who are you? Aww. That's
0: what happens when you, uh, accost strangers on the street to ask them if this <laughs> is their card.
1: Uh, and that's all I got.
0: Shoot, I thought you had more, otherwise I wouldn't have stopped to take a drink.
1: H- How's it feel?
0: Ah, it's pretty good. Awkward. Yeah, that, that's that's it.
1: Alright, Goodbye, well, everybody! Uh, that's our show. See ya. I (laughs) love you.
0: You guys are the best. We'll see you next week or whenever. Bye.